0: welcome to Brussels sprouts the UK's most hated vegetable but most loved podcast. My name is Dan and I'm delighted to be joined by Edward from Workpad. Welcome to the show Ed. Thank you Daniel nice to be here. Oh it's all it's, oh, the pleasure is all mine. I'm super excited to have you on and super excited to learn more about uh, your story and Workpad's story. What I like to do to begin with Ed if I can call you that is is learn more about you. So I have some quick fire questions uh, that I'm going to ask you. We're going to get to know you in deep, dark. All your darkest secrets are going to come to the forefront right now. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. (laughs) Are you ready to give up all your darkest secrets to someone you just met a minute ago? (laughs) (laughs) Let's see what you can do. (laughs) (laughs) Right, okay. So I'm ready when you are. Let's start the club. Okay, start with a difficult one, Ed. Do you like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings more?
1: Lord of the Rings
0: yeah yeah easy one that's an easy one i, I actually agree uh, and that was a trick question because you said harry potter we'd like to end the conversation uh, <laughs> just joking uh, do you prefer chinos or jeans Ooh, jeans you wouldn't see me in a pair of chinos <laughs> fair enough i'm not a chinos man i think uh, but you know it's okay to have differences um what does your perfect day look like Ooh, perfect day wake up nice cup of coffee sat on a
1: balcony in the sun Maybe around the golf. nice evening, me out, nice and relaxed. Basically just being on holiday all year round. That would be the perfect day.
0: <laughs> that is the perfect day. I like your balcony idea as well. That's just a really nice thing to wake up to, isn't it, with a, with a coffee? I couldn't think of a nice way to start the day. Yeah, me too. Um, so it's a good one. Would you prefer a free, all paid for holiday, or would you prefer to have the money?
1: i go for the free holiday because it always seems better if it's free.
0: Yeah, yeah, good answer. Um, uh, would you prefer to win the lottery? These not all about money. They sound like they are. Would you prefer to win the lottery or find your perfect job? Uh, I said you're already in your perfect job.
1: I was going to say, I've, got, I've already got that one, so um, it'd have to be the lottery. <laughs> and,
0: and last question, would you rather go back in time or forward in time? And if so, to win? Ooh, yeah, tough one, this.
1: That's a really tough one. They're good arguments about both. I think I would go forwards in time because you can learn about the past but you can't learn about the future.
0: Yeah, do you know what? I agree with you. I, I think the past just looks very dangerous as well. Like, you're going to get your head chopped off at any given time. See, it
1: depends where. Well, it'd be fun to be able to go back to the dinosaur age, wander around, see what's going on. Um, but if then you said you'd go a thousand years in the future where you don't know what's going on at all, yeah, I think that would be
0: amazing to see. Um, quick question for you Ed, have you ever seen Jurassic Park because that didn't end well? It, but it is my favourite film. <laughs> oh, there you go, <laughs> that's perfect. And yeah, I, I wouldn't want to go too far in the future because I don't know if the, hope of the Earth will still be here. Yeah, but you could be going to Mars on holiday. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, good point, I take your point on board. <laughs> I understand they're flying helicopters now on Mars, <laughs> which is uh, pretty cool. Um, Ed quick and easy, perfect. Um, We've got to know you a little bit more now, I think. Uh, We know a little bit more about your character. Can I ask you a quick question though? How old, not how old are you, how are you doing?
1: Yeah, we're doing well. Um, You know, things are starting to open up again. Non-essential retail is open, staff are coming back into the offices. Um, It's nice to see some life again. I think it's an excited time. People are excited to be coming back. And, you know, touch wood, it's all up from here. So I think it's possibly one of the best months so far.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what we're hearing too, is that a lot of people are starting to sort of really head back into the office. And are, the numbers are sort of going up incrementally each week, it seems. It,
1: it, it is, you know, and if you put work aside, even on a personal level, you know, it's nice to see people going out, smiles on their faces, beer in hand, whatever someone puts, just nice to see people socialising again. It's been a hard year for and hopefully we're finally getting across that line.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you think uh, we have turned that corner now? Do you think, like, that's it, the corner is turned and we're not going back?
1: Yeah, I think it's... <laughs> You know what, I wish I had a multiple um, <laughs> tell me the answers. I'd be a millionaire. But um, I, I think if we're sensible, we are getting there. Um, there are obviously lots of risks that everyone's got to be aware of. Um, you know, you can't tell what's going to happen with other variants coming back into the UK or what can happen here. I think ultimately if people are cautious, listen to the government advice um, and follow the rules. Uh, I think together, if we're sensible, we can get there into some sort of normal. Um, but again, I wouldn't want to speculate exactly what's going to happen. All you can ask
0: for and hope for is the best. Brilliant. Let, let's hope in um, a year's time we can do this podcast again. Bit in our studio in London. <laughs>
1: now, wouldn't that be ideal? <laughs>
0: uh, Ed, thanks for that. Um, it's always great to learn a bit more about you and sort of how you are and things like that. What I'd like to sort of uh, bless our audience with now is uh, your best work pad pitch So, you know, for all those listening out there, all of our fans, uh, let's um, let's sell them Workpad. What have you got for us?
1: Cool. Yeah. So, Workpad exists for SMEs with ambition, a sense of pride. You know, or want to be seen as taking their business seriously. We offer the perfect solution. We're not funky table tennis stream beanbag bonanzas, but somewhere they can make their own, somewhere private, beautifully finished, and ready to be turned into their own Workpad overnight. We offer fully serviced offices in prestigious buildings, not with our logo plastered everywhere, it's not about us, it's about them, it's about our clients. In summary, we do beautiful private offices with the prestige of ownership, but the freedom to make it your own without any cost or hassle.
0: Ooh, I like it, I'll take it. <laughs> Where do I sign? I, I like, do you know, I really like the unbranded bit, because obviously you get all these big corporations that sort of plaster their sort of brand and culture, and like you say, um, all these different things, um, amenities and stuff that they're forced to take. Um, what was the decision behind sort of going on for the, uh, the clients?
1: So it goes back to why we first started Workpad all those years ago. Um, you know, it's set up with our two founders looking for an office to start their own businesses. They wanted somewhere that was their own and they didn't want to work within a curated community and they realised they had no option but to either work under someone else or to sign into a 10 year lease for a new company, which no one's going to be able to do. So that's how WorkPal actually started. We saw the niche in the market, companies that want to take themselves seriously, but don't want to speculate in the next 10 years. Um,
0: and so, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what we do and is why we do it. Uh, that makes total sense, really. It makes sense of why the business started then, because you were literally looking for an office, we are like, no, this is just ridiculous. It's, <laughs> it's far too long terms.
1: Exactly Dad. And I think, you know, everyone's talking now about why do people want to go back to the office? And I think people are moving away from it's about bums on seats, it's really not. You know, what people really miss is being able to socialise with their colleagues, collaborate together, you know, have an environment that improves their productivity, but also a fun place to go. Um, so, you know, we can touch on why people go back to the office, how the commercial real estate sector will differ in the future. But it's mainly around clients just wanting their own space. Everyone is unique. What you think is perfect, I'll disagree on. What I think is perfect, you'll disagree on. So your office will be different to mine. And the ability to now someone can have their own custom office completely bespoke, their own brand and culture, you know, it's something unique and it's something there's massive demand for.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I think you're right about people wanting to go back just for not just for work reasons, but for all those other bits that you've talked about wanting to go somewhere. Um, Because in theory, you know, maximum life efficiency would be just to wake up and sort of roll into a desk chair and just start typing, you know, then roll back into bed and, and just recharge for the night. But that's not what we want. It
1: could, we can also look at, you know, burnout. There are so many studies around it at the moment. It's not healthy just to roll out of bed, sit on your laptop, roll back onto your left hand side and fall asleep again. You know, we are social creatures and that's really, really important. And I think you look at London as a whole. Why do people come to London? Why do people flock here? It's because there's so much to do in London. Um, you know, there's so much culture, there's so much to do that... By working at home and not going into central London, you're missing out on so much. Um, And I think for lots of people, London is their social life. You know, so many people live in small studios, one bed apartments that you can't work in there. You know, it's uh, (laughs) got the whole lockdown one year, one's on the bed, one's on the sofa, the morning argument of who goes where. Just being able to go back is just absolutely lovely.
0: Yeah, you know, I always lose that argument. Let me just tell you that for free. So I'm always one that ends up in the bedroom. So uh, (laughs) I can't wait to go back to the office uh, for that reason. Um, Very interesting. So um, talking about some of the benefits of uh, of the flex space, when it comes to service value and location, uh, sort of cornerstones, I would say, of any flex space. What do you think uh, is the most important and, and why?
1: So for me, that's really simple. Service is the most important. You know, service is the key to any business and the value is just a derivative of what that service is plus the location that it's within. Mm -hmm. So for work from day one, we've always gone for exceptional service because if you deliver that exceptional service in the desired locations, it will naturally lead through to very, very good value. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the service offer sector, you've got lots of new entrants and there's lots of different options that fits everyone else or everyone's own, you know, demand. But ultimately, clients' expectations keep on rising. You know, what we wanted yesterday is not what we want tomorrow. So the key is to pinpoint where your niche is and just become exceptional
0: in the delivery of that service. Hmm. That's a very interesting answer. I I actually am inclined to agree. So my my hairdresser, uh, if you can believe it, I went to one recently, Uh, he said, we don't give the best haircuts. But we do have the best service, you know, we're not in the best location, but you keep coming back because you get a great service here. We've got that niche sort of sewn up. And it's true. It's not in the best location. It's not the best haircut. but The service is brilliant and I would never go anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) I can sort of um, uh, relate to that massively. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting. So obviously the the, the big thing around location, I would say, though, Ed, is that... um, people want to sort of work near home or whatever that is so if you're sort of get, having locations that are, are in these sort of rural or sort of local community areas or even right near the tube station people probably prefer that would you say or, or, or do you think people just want to be in the city?
1: So I think you've got two different types of clients um, you know for us we specialize in prime locations so Marlborough, Mayfair, Fitzrovia you know real key prime locations where there's a real buzz around it and for that type of demand people are there for a reason you're in soho because it's soho Um, so for us it's very very different Um, we believe and we know that our clients want to get back into london as soon as possible Um, however what we're also seeing and this is some of our demand as well is where you have larger multinationals where they used to have you know a full office building in central london where now they're saying actually we will take a hundred desks in Malabar, a hundred desks over in Hoxton and hundred desks elsewhere. So our staff can come in, um, it, you know, there are lots of different options. People talk about hub and spoke compared to a central um, main office. I think again, it depends on the company and the firm uh, because what works for one doesn't always work for another.
0: Yeah, it sounds like your uh, work pad are catering for those different requirements though, would you say?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, you know, we cater for companies as small as two staff all the way up to 500 staff plus. Uh, we do the full spectrum. Um, so it's quite nice. We can see and feel the market. When lockdown first happened, we talked to all of our customers. You know, it was a long couple of days, to over 100 clients in person or obviously via Zoom um to understand what was going on with their business and we saw all the different viewpoints so working with our clients some have gone for that hub and spoke system of two or three separate offices others said actually no we want one larger space in central london but designed and bespoke so it's a safe environment for when our staff come back
0: yeah that, that, that makes sense. Um, actually, it's a lot like uh, Excel. So we have, um, we've sort of taken a, a smaller office, but it's a lot more flexible. People can come in and out and we're, we're not expecting everybody to be in anymore. So it's been a massive change for us as well. Um, but it's one that is working so far quite nicely. Hmm. Interesting. Nice. <laughs> Interesting. Um, well, I did think you mentioned actually about uh, people wanting to come into these really cool locations, these prime areas in London. Um, I read an article about FOMO. People want to come back to the office of fear of missing out on just what's going on. Would you agree?
1: Uh, I would most definitely. Um, you know, especially we've got lots of clients in the, you know, that work in media or marketing in the creative spaces you know for creativity to happen you need to surround yourself with other creatives or within a creative environment you know it goes back to the whole thing if you're in a white box and a white chair on a white desk are you going to come up with any idea apart from white you know you need to surround yourself with all these different things to stimulate your mind and create some new elements um you know but you can take that outside of just the you know marketing media you know, sectors, even if you go through and look at private services, accountants, or VC firms, still being able to collaborate with others, you learn so much more talking to colleagues. Ultimately, wherever you are, whatever stage of your career you're at, you never know everything. And you can always learn from people older than you or younger than you. There are always new ideas or old experts that will always be able to help you. Um, so you right. I think that framework element is massive. There's a fear of using it if you're not going to talk to people and communicate.
0: Yeah, do you know? What? I agree. I've been sitting in my room for many, uh, for a year now, uh, and I'm sort of a, in marketing, and I can testify that I haven't had a good idea, uh, since it started. So I'm, I'm hoping by the time we go back, I can, uh, start picking up those ideas, uh, from the from the stealing ideas from other people is what I do. No <laughs> joke. Um, the work brand is very strikingly clean I noticed the website's got a very slick sort of look to it and everything about what you do is quite slick and cool looking sort of crystal cool I like it um can you how does this differentiate you in the market and does having that sort of brand help you in your conversations with um the sort of members and uh I don't want to say tenants uh customers
1: (laughs) yeah I I think brand is key um but ultimately the delivery of that brand is of superior importance. Um, you know, our brand positioning is very clear. We do beautiful private offices where you get the prestige of ownership and the freedom to make it your own. Um, but ultimately, within the flex space, you can kind of divide it into three main sectors. You've got private spaces, you've got co-working, and then you've got your hospitality, more kind of hotel-type service center. Now, there are lots of hybrid models in between, and there are lots of different clients trying to cater different elements. For us if you're going to do something you do it right we came out with that idea seven years ago and you specialize mm-hmm. in one area so we've gone okay what do we love we love privacy we love our own space but also we absolutely love period characterful buildings mm-hmm. and we know others love it too so rather than trying to expand out and do a little bit of everything we've gone let's work with the best estates in london with the best landlords in london and get the best clients in london and all meld them together into their own, you know, unique offering. So that's exactly what we do. So I think the brand is very, very strong. Um, we actually went through a whole rebrand during lockdown to try and get that message across. Um, you know, I think there's been, over the last couple of years, lots of talk in the press around service officers are co-working, when actually that's not the two. It's one part of a massive, massive industry. Um, you know, and I think COVID, if anything, has kind of, fast track that learning lessons of actually you can be a flex tenant without being a startup playing ping pong in flip-flops with a pet dog (laughs) you know there's so many different solutions and that's kind of where we come in Um, so i think the brand is important like i say but i think delivering on that and being consistent in your approach is really what's the most important part
0: yeah, I agree. I think someone that, you know, I'm not new to the industry, but a couple of years now, I remember my first impression of it was that it was all co-working. It was just people um, on their hot desks, like you say, sitting in their bags and messing about on AstroTurf. <laughs> but it's only recently I've realised that's actually probably one of the smallest elements, I would say, of it all these days. Co-workers on the on the, the downer, it was, would appear to me.
1: It, it is. And again, I wouldn't speculate on the co-working sector too much because we're not in that part. Um, you know, there is a demand for it. But what we've seen in our sector regarding, you know, private service offices is there's more and more demand. You know, do people really want to speculate on the next 10 years of what can happen in the world? You know, if you look at the last 12 months, you didn't see it. Go back even further. There are so many things you would never imagine. Are you really going to put your money on the line going, we will stay in this space for the next 10 years? You know, you'd be crazy. So (laughs) what we're seeing now is, is, you know, more SMEs, but also multinational companies go, actually, we're not going to have a 10 year plan because we can only forecast the next two to five years, is they want a space that works for them now, but with the ability that in two or three years time, if they're going to double in size or move, you know, to Europe or America or elsewhere, they can start moving and changing their office requirements. And I think it's becoming more and more popular. Um,
0: And it'll be a very interesting
1: space to see what happens.
0: Mm, Interesting. I I think what you're sort of saying is that the the future is flexible. You know, the future means you need to keep your options open and and have choices uh, depending on what happens.
1: It it is, you know, we are in an agile world, we're in a global market. Everything is changing, you know, by the hour. We're not where we were 20, 30 years ago. and the industry is catching up. You know, people always look at the commercial real wholesale sector as something which has always been lagging behind. And I think COVID, if anything, has given it a big kick up the backside. And now, actually, there is that massive change. There is the demand. And things are changing. It's really, really exciting. You know, there are so many new opportunities for new companies, for, you know, large enterprise clients and SMEs, that you don't have to take 10 years, you know, at least to have your own, Private space. You can take somewhere for two years where it's fully kitted, fully branded to your branding company. So here at Workpad, we've got internal architects and interior designers. So if you came to me tomorrow and you said, "Edward, I want a beautiful, brand new studio," we go, "That's fine. Tell us what you want. We do everything." And all of a sudden, you've got your own fully bespoke place where all your clients believe in it, feels like it's yours, but you're not tied in.
0: You know, it's the best of both worlds. Um, do I get a Brussels sprouts discount, Ed? <laughs> just for you, yes. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, very interesting. What What would you say the biggest opportunities are there to capitalise on uh, in the next 12 months for a business like WorkPad? So it's very much
1: capitalising on the new demand. So things have been changed for the last five or six years. Um, you know, I think you said now for yourself, five or six years ago, you just thought the serviced office market was ping pong, bean bags, table tennis, and everything else. You know, but it's really not. So as that new demand comes through, the workpad brand and positioning is actually quite good because we cater for the private serviced office market. Um, but actually what we're also finding is there are so many more larger enterprise clients moving into the space now looking for flexibility. We actually launched a whole new product during lockdown, which is launched incredibly quickly actually. We call it WorkPad HQ. It's basically headquarters for large companies. Mm -hmm. And that is where these large companies that might have 500 staff can take beautifully private, bespoke offices fully catered, but again on flexible terms. So it's very much getting it out there, keeping the education to the market if there are more options than where we were, and just running with it.
0: So is it like they're a typical large office, but just without the sort of locket, the, the chains around their wrists, is that what we are saying?
1: It, pretty much, yes. Um, so, you know, we've got a search function, so we can have an agent work with you. You could say, look, I want a brand new office building or a lovely old historic, great used style listed building. We will find that building for you. We will work with you with our interior designers, completely completely branded and bespoke it. And then give us a lead time of, say, 10 weeks, and you can be in your brand new office, which is fully kitted. So we take all the hard work out of it so you can simply move into a brand new office fitted for you. You know, it's letting businesses focus on
0: their business, what they do best. Um, that's good because I actually have a story when I, when I was a few years ago I used to work for another company uh, and uh, we moved office into this lovely office in Hatfields and I had to brand it all myself I had to basically work with a designer for months and months and months and do uh, just do so much work and chairs and walls it was an absolute, it was, I took it out I was still working weekends I was then. that's crazy
1: oh it, it doesn't surprise me, you know we took months just trying to decide on what tables and chairs to use it's yeah. amazing the different amount of varieties that are out there and yeah you you could spend weeks choosing what chair you want uh
0: tip white office white walls white chair done breeds <laughs> <laughs> creativity i hear uh, <laughs> um ed with several services uh i, I noticed there's quite a bit of a crossover it seems with, with, between sort of commercial real estate and sort of hotels do you think these sectors are sort of uh, slightly starting to merge into one super uh, sector?
1: I think the answer, it's kind of a yes or a no, so the fact is it's actually been happening for a while because yes, there's definitely a market for it. You know, you've got lots of freelancers out there and small startups that really need to be 100% client facing to be able to jump in an option of 10 or 12 different hotels or service centers with their client. I don't say wine and dine them, but very much customer centric firms that don't need a central hub. So it will be one new merging sector of the service office industry, but ultimately it's just one small part of a much, much wider and bigger picture. But again, I think it's why it's so exciting because there's going to be so many options that now and in the future, when a client is looking for a new office, they're not limited to one or two set products. They can really choose what they want and be guided into the right thing for them.
0: Hmm. Can I tell you my vision for the future, and you tell me if it is uh, if it if it makes sense, and you could provide it? Um, so, uh, my dream is to have one building uh, with sort of a garden on the top, or maybe several gardens, uh, and then housing at the top. My workplace in the office, but lots of different companies in there as well. I, I, I never have to leave that one building because I've got nightclubs, it's like a cruise, essentially, with my li- living quarters and my working quarters, and I just go between them. How does that happen then?
1: <laughs> you, you know what? I, I think it's already happening. You, you know, you, you can look at some. Um... So I've they called now. One sec. <laughs> can we start that
0: again? Uh, yeah. I won't be able to repeat what I said. I completely made it up off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, if you can start the answer again, that's fine. Yeah. That's cool.
1: Um, so, yeah, that's definitely happening. Um, I think what we'll see over the next couple of years as well is service departments are already taking off. You, you know, client demand at the moment is people like the easy life, to be honest. You like things just being done for you. If you look at delivery, you look at all the gig economies service is pretty much key. So the idea of waking up, you pop downstairs, go to work while someone cleans your apartment, you finish work, you pop downstairs to the cinema while someone cleans your desk after you. There's definitely demand. You know, how that will happen, how that will emerge will be very, very interesting. There are lots of people trialing it at the moment. Um, so yes, it definitely will happen, but how and what the demand will be like, I think, you know, again, please let me know and we'll try and cater Um, but it'll be something emerging over the next couple of years
0: it's quite sci-fi really have you you ever seen westworld i believe that's kind of what they do there they've got everyone lives upstairs and westworld's downstairs and they'll work there i don't know good show
1: According to me little robots doing everything you say
0: (laughs) and there may be ethical um uh sort of questions around that but if they're not sentient then who cares <laughs> um, cheers, Ed. Um, what I'd like to know now, I'd like to end on a laugh. So, uh, do you have a great office joke for us to to make us all lol?
1: Yeah, I can give it my best shot. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You know what can really really ruin a Friday? Mm. Remembering it's only Thursday.
0: <laughs> that's good. You, that's all right. That is. I I'll give you that one, Ed. I give you that. Did you make it up yourself? Uh. Yes. 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 Say yes. Always say yes. <laughs> uh, oh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Have you enjoyed yourself? Yeah, it's been good
1: fun. Look, thank you for having me. Um, and like you said, you know, hopefully in a couple of months time we can do this again, but in your office.
0: Absolutely. Ed, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure. It's been really interesting to hear more about Work, Workpad story and brand. And I'm really, it sounds like you've just got just a really exciting model and future ahead of you. So I'm jealous how can i join <laughs> thank okay. you thank you so much for all of uh, for all of our listeners for so listening and downloading please like share and subscribe uh as always this has been fishy and delishy this has been brussels sprouts